Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we're very happy to have our guest back from last week. Introduce yourself, please, guest. Hi, uh, I'm Evan, also from ToughPigs.com. Welcome back. Pleasure to be here. And today we are looking at minutes 25 and 26 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which uh, Kermit and Piggy make plans to meet up later, and our trio of heroes can't catch a taxi. And uh, we start here with Kermit helping Piggy out of this trash can that she's No, 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 no. She no, helps, we don't. He helps, he helps Piggy out of this waste basket. Oh, that's true. She calls and it a waste basket, doesn't she? Which, which has always been very memorable to me because that's what my grandma calls them. For those so. of you who had waste basket as your answer to the, the, uh, <laughs> right. the cliffhanger we posed last week, right. um, you get... 12,000 star points. Um, <laughs> for those of you who said her loveless marriage, zero star <laughs> points. For those of you I... who said a submarine, 12 star points. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, there's probably there's probably a wastebasket in most submarines. Well, yeah. so here's the question, though. Do we give them points if they said trash can, like I just did? Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Here, here's the other thing, though. The other thing that I think of when I hear uh, wastebasket um, I may have mentioned before that I had the read-along record of the uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan, which was narrated by Scooter. Mm-hmm. I and, had that too. Yeah, so the scene when uh, when Kermit uh, comes in and uh, pretends to be like an agent or whoever he is, and uh, gives John Landis the the script for Manhattan Melodies. Scooter says on that record, uh, as soon as Kermit left, the the, the producer tossed it in the wastebasket, mm. which I think is, for some reason, maybe that was the first time I had ever heard that word, but for some reason, that's always stuck with me when I hear wastebasket. I yeah. can't believe I didn't know that this record, read-aloud record read by Scooter existed. Yeah, yeah. I need to there. find it now. Oh, I, it's I, cool. It um, Unfortunately, the when the other characters speak, it's for, it's audio from the movie. So it's not like, it's not like Richard Hunt doing a piggy. I'm sure it was Richard Hunt as Scooter trying to be Kermit. Like what Scooter's Uh, it would be great. It would be great. It would be so fun. Yeah, like that Sesame Street record where uh, Big Bird does Grover. Yeah, yeah, the Grover voice. And he also Oscar and Big Bird imitate each other. (laughs) Yes, that's fantastic. Anyway. Back to the great Muppet Caver. Uh, the sound effect. The sound effect when that 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 happens when Piggy pops out of this wastebasket is just so satisfying to me. I don't know if you guys even noticed that. Well, I, I did because, um, like, it's we talked last time about when she falls into it, how it's a great puppetry effect. But it's a it like that sound effect really helps it feel real here. Yeah, because in the shot where she gets where she pulls herself up out of the wastebasket, Kermit helps her out. We don't see the the garbage can or the wastebasket at all. We, oh, yeah. It's it does not appear in the shot, so probably she's not stuck in anything. And Frank Oz, a genius and a brilliant puppeteer, like knows how much force to move her upwards with to make it look like she's pulling herself out of a thing that she's stuck in. Yeah, yeah, you're like, right. Like he could he easily could have done it too fast or have her bounce around too much or something. But it's perfect, and it just looks like it really happened. We do see her knees, like you know, parts of her her legs in the frame when she's still stuck in the wastebasket, which helps also because then when she pops out, she's she's standing up. You know what? What else? What else I really like about this 
she's stuck in the wastebasket, right? But it doesn't feel, at least to me, like the same level of mean fat joke that you would have gotten in so many later Muppet productions. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I don't know that it feels like a fat joke at all. No, it I didn't think really of it that like way. It feels like a like a clumsy like oh isn't this romantic heroine yeah, I mean, so look, clumsy and adorable kind of thing? All right? of us would get stuck in a wastebasket. They're not big. They're meant for for papers, you know. <laughs> yes. right. They're meant for and, waste. And, yeah. and it's true. And and going with that, you know, again, it it goes a little bit. I know I mentioned this last week, but the idea that again Kermit is like legitimately smitten with Piggy. They they treat piggy as being beautiful right. This, right? right it isn't like in a lot of other things where everybody thinks that she's she's gross and only she thinks she's beautiful the kermit treats miss piggy as if she is beautiful yeah which pretty much as soon as he better. sees her yeah and there's there's oh i guess i'll talk about that later he has a great line about that yeah later on in these in these very minutes we will get to that in this clip uh yeah, so he asks her if if he can interview her now, and she very quickly says no that she doesn't want to do it here. Um, now we I guess we don't really know how long the real Lady Holiday has been gone at this point, but I guess Piggy is just aware that she could come back at any moment, so she doesn't want to get caught pretending to be Lady Holiday. Well, I think it's fairly sh- soon because she said she'd be gone in about an hour, right? And the models left same time she did, roughly. Right. And they run into Kermit and Fozzie in the elevator. Oh, that's true. So it can't be. Kermit comes right in here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but she she still knows like there's a a a limited window of time here that she's in this office by herself. Um. Yeah. So they're they're gonna make plans uh for her to uh to pick her up uh later to go out to dinner, and Kermit first offers to pick. Piggy up at her house, which must be beautiful. Uh, Piggy says, I'm sure it is. I mean, sure it is. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> yeah. So this and is what we were talking about last episode, where Kermit does not bat an eye at any of this uh, strange behavior from Piggy. Well, he can't bat an eye because he doesn't have eyelids. <laughs> That's true. If only he had eyelids, he would be uh, he would be More smarter. skeptical. Yes. Yeah. So then what does Piggy do, Ryan? Yeah, so there's this whole bit where Piggy... Uh, makes Kermit guess where she lives, which is really like everything <laughs> that happens in this, this next minute or so is, is just wonderful. Uh, he says he doesn't know where she lives, probably some highbrow street somewhere. She says, highbrow street. Absolutely. Right. Um, now I did a search on Google maps in the hopes that there might actually be a highbrow street somewhere in the world. And I did not come up with anything, which surprises me a little bit. No, although when you start typing it in, Highbrow Street, London, autofills on Google. It, if you Probably just do a Google search, yeah. Yeah. Enough uh, people have looked. Yes. Um, right. But on Google Maps, it, it brought me to a salon in San Francisco called The Highbrow on Market Street, which is not the same thing. Not even close. Not is it at 17 close. Market Street, though? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. It oh, doesn't look that nice. far. <laughs> uh, so... Piggy says, uh, so we've established that she lives on Highbrow Street. She says, now guess what number? Kermit says, I don't know, number 17? And and Piggy just, (laughs) she just pauses, like there's the slightest pause before she just kind of decides like, yeah, yeah, that's my address. Okay, sure. 
And we've finish. we've said so many good things about Frank Oz, and to be fair, we can say so many great things about Frank Oz. The comedic timing—it's all about his delivery of all of these lines—is so spot on. Of this entire yeah. like forty-second conversation, like he's hitting every beat at the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's something I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this, but something about the Muppets being puppets where these kinds of little takes where you know the character says something and then the other character just pauses the slightest bit or just like moves their head the slightest bit like piggy is doing here it it works really well with puppets maybe because they're inanimate objects that are that are given life and i think those small movements are exaggerated yeah i think if a person does a subtle movement, it's not as funny as if a puppet does a subtle movement. Every time a puppet does a subtle movement, it is completely purposeful. Yes. In a way, in a way right. that it isn't necessarily for an actor. Right. It's right? more of a choice. Yeah. It's it's absolutely a, a choice. So what that means is those moments sort of stand out a little more and and sort of you know, they 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 hit a little harder. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I knew you guys could help me explain that. <laughs> I'm also reminded of uh, the, the montage in uh, uh, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, where I forget which one of the kids that Grover is talking to about how Santa's going to get into a house with no chimney. And like one of the kids gives a very enthusiastic response. And it's a very similar moment where Grover just kind of pauses and cocks his head just slightly. And it's <laughs> like, it just, it's so, so funny. It's so hard is that to the explain. one that he ends with, well, there you have it? <laughs> it might be. That one is fantastic. <laughs> uh, what a great, what a great, every, everything Frank Oz, man. How yeah. about that guy? And speaking of him, um, I don't usually notice, like, there are some Muppet fans who can spot a puppeteer by how they move a puppet. Right. I'm not one of them. Neither am I. But when Piggy comes around the desk to the front of the desk to talk to Kermit, she is bouncing up and down exactly like Agra in the Dark Crystal. Oh, interesting. <laughs> like, which is another character that Frank Oz performed. And it's like that exact same movement. I don't know how to explain it. It's just like, oh, there's Agra. Okay. For like for just a second. I don't know. Well, I'll that's also interesting because this was right before the Dark Crystal. So they were probably already rehearsing for that. Or they, I'm sure he had been working with the Agra puppet by that time. Oh, I'm sure that's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that movie had a long very long pre-production yes take time too so it's not like they went in and started shooting you know and that was it yeah i think they worked for a couple of years before they yeah yeah they wanted to to get it right before they actually started rolling the camera right um evan did you have something else i was just gonna say we'll have to watch the dark crystal 15 seconds at a time to figure (laughs) (laughs) but what's interesting is if you watch the dark crystal 15 seconds at a time it feels like two minutes at a time yeah, that would be the, the true test of this podcast format. <laughs> the 15 second at a time format. Oh, man. In this in this 15 seconds, there's a bunch of plants jiggling. In this 15 it. seconds, Jen that's, stares into the darkness. And the next the 15 seconds, every Jen episode, stares into every, the darkness. It's every episode. It would take a month, a month to... Actually, it would probably take almost an entire season, like, you know, December through February, to make it through one thing a mystic says given how <laughs> find the shard yeah that yeah 
Tune in next week for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the Dark Crystal has its charms. Don't don't add us, audience. <laughs> right. All right. So uh, this movie also has many charms, and mm-hmm. um, in the July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay, uh, Piggy tried a little more to persuade Kermit to meet her at the restaurant rather than picking her up. Um, and in that draft, he says, no, no, where I come from, the gentleman calls for the lady. And then Piggy looks at the camera and says, he is too good to be true. Huh. Which is a cute little gag. Yeah. I could have gone for that. Although I, I guess maybe Piggy doesn't know they're in a movie yet. I'm not sure how that works. I don't know. I mean, I guess she could just as well. Though. Yeah. She like, thinks they not- all know they're in a movie. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not like there's a sequence where Piggy finds out that she's no, I, been in a movie. No, I know, but it's just she hasn't acknowledged it yet. I don't know. Yeah. But um, but she she could, she has to do it sometime. Anyway. Right, right. Uh, but in the movie we have, Kermit says... So he starts to say, I'll pick you up at, say... And then they both suggest different times simultaneously. And then they do it again. And then they do it again and finally land on the same time. But what's hilarious is that... the So the first time... Piggy says 5.30 and Kermit says 8, both of which are reasonable enough. Well, 5.30 seems a little early to me, but yes, within uh, within reason. The difference between you and me is that I'm 80, so (laughs) 5.30 Oh, yes, I forgot that you're 80. Um, No, but actually, I have small children, so 5.30 seems fine. (laughs) Um, But, um, no, so then they both overshoot in the opposite direction of what the other one said. Piggy says 9.20 and Kermit says 4.15. 4.15, you're talking about like the the early bird special at the cafeteria. Right, right. Not only do they overshoot, no one plans anything for the quarter (laughs) hour or in 9.20. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's hilarious. And then they both say 7 o'clock, which is fine. That's, yes, plot. That, that's, that's plot material. And yes, that's, that's the, the perfect easiest time. time to choose for this kind of dinner. Right. Yeah. I think that's the most reasonable time. But no, it's, it's again, so, so well, well, well-timed, all of that. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad they, they worked that out. So then Kermit says goodbye, and Piggy says goodbye in two languages. It's true. Well, first he does this little thing where he he leans on the door and sort of um, shyly says, well, um, goodbye, which, again, I mean, I, I we've used the word cute already, and I think I used the word adorable before, but really, that's that's just what's going on with these two here. Kermit is so cute there. Again, it's, yeah. a, it's a real, real likable sort of portrayal of their meet, meet cute. I think I like it more than the one in um, the Muppet movie. Even. I think I do, too. Yeah, well, yeah I'm in mean, that way. It's a, it's a lot more, well the Muppet movie has that weird thing where we never actually see them meet right like we see Piggy they see them see each other and then Piggy sings never before never again and then when it's over he's just kind of like hey are you okay yeah like like he he has already approached her. it's that transition in between yeah yeah so I don't um, know. and yes uh, uh, Piggy says adios mon cher which <laughs> proving once again that she has a very loose grasp of the french language right because it includes adios <laughs> yes uh, now going back to that earlier screenplay draft this is one of the, the bigger changes from this particular draft there was a whole scene after kermit leaves piggy but before he's outside with fozzy uh there's a moment where fozzy is talking to one of the models in the hall 
He says, and then in the winter, I usually take a couple months off while my brother goes out to California for the jumping contest. And the model just ignores him. Which, Mark Twain reference. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. Which, huh. you know, okay, whatever. That, that was fine to, to lose. But then there's this moment where Gonzo is so distracted staring at the models that he falls down the open elevator shaft. And Kermit says, Gonzo, are you hurt? Gonzo says, I don't know. I haven't hit bottom yet, which I find that hilarious. That's, That's a good. funny line. Yeah. And then there's a crash, and it cuts to Gonzo at the bottom of the shaft, uh, smashed like an accordion. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I would have liked to see that guy. And I just love that then, line, I haven't hit bottom yet. The great thing if Gonzo gets smashed like that is that Paul Williams can um, put him in a box <clears throat> and, and send him anywhere for fairly cheap. <laughs> yeah, but you got anything cheaper? <laughs> and that's a reference to the Paul Williams episode of The that, Muppet Show, in case anyone didn't know. Available on DVD, season one. It is. So in the movie we do have, we cut to... Or do you guys have anything else about uh, this the Lady Holiday office uh, scene here? No. No, I think we've covered it. Yeah, all right. So we see this doorman, I guess, uh, fixing Gonzo's nose, or he's, he's just completed fixing Gonzo's nose, uh, which is really... That that's great service considering Gonzo doesn't tip him or anything. <laughs> he takes a photo of him. He takes a picture of him. Yes, once again wasting film for the Daily Chronicle, presumably. But there could be a great new cover story. Doorman fixes nose. It's <laughs> no different than Chronicle hires identical twin reporters. That's true. That would it, it would require Gonzo to have a picture of his nose uh, before it was fixed, though, in that mangled form. Oh, Gonzo totally took a selfie. <laughs> you think so? Uh, yeah, in, in, in the elevator. selfie or whatever year this was. I'll buy that. Um, now, Fozzie asks Kermit about Lady Holiday. He says, is she pretty? Which, I don't know. If, uh, that's the first thing Fozzie wants to know. I don't know. I, I guess that's whatever. You guys, but, they, they don't know what Lady Holiday looks like. Yeah, that's the weird <laughs> thing, though. Uh, so I actually went back and looked at the scene in the newsroom earlier with Mr. Tarkanian, where he holds up the other competing newspapers. And it, as far as I can see, those newspapers did have photos accompanying their cover stories. So <laughs> there is no reason that Kermit and Fozzie and Gonzo she's, should she's not have seen she, that, that photo of her. She's presumably like a world famous celebrity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, it's, it's no anyway. Right, right. If you're doing a story on, um, suddenly I can't think of any designers. Donna Karen. Well, so here's the you thing. know what Donna Karen looks like. I don't know. Like, so I'm granted I'm not doing a story on her. I don't know what Donna Karen looks like, but I would know what species she was. <laughs> <laughs> right. You would be surprised if you went to interview her and she had a snout. Yes. So, so these guys are not very good reporters. Can I can I say how, how Kermit describes Piggy? Because it's my favorite. Yes. Go for it. Uh, he says that, Fozzie says, is she pretty? And Kermit says, yeah, nice eyes, sturdy legs. Which the idea of sturdy legs as like a positive description of someone you find attractive. Yeah. Is amazing. I like he, that. He clearly, he's like very wistful. Like. It's clearly like this is an adorable thing he's noticed about this woman he just met. Yeah, he's into it. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so good. Yeah. He also says, it may have been my imagination, but I think she found me attractive. 
Uh, which leads to Fozzie's line, of course she found you attractive, it runs in the family. Yeah, classic Fozzie. Yeah. Anytime they bring up that they're identical twins is hilarious. Yeah, they're, it's it's a premise, a, a very strange premise that they came up with for this movie, but it just, it keeps on giving. Like, they, they keep coming up with, with jokes for it. It's great. Uh, so then this is where Kermit attempts to catch a taxi. Uh, cabs are just driving right by. He doesn't know why they're not stopping. Which why why aren't they stopping? They already have passengers. <laughs> Do they? Sure. Did you did you actually check to to see if you can see whether they have passengers? No, I'm just theorizing. Oh, okay. Yeah, you you can't see. I'm, yeah. I'm watching it again. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's unclear. So anyway, that Gonzo says, just leave it to me, and he hurls himself directly into the path <laughs> of the next taxi, which is where this clip ends, so we, we don't know end, what's going to happen. We end with Gonzo in midair. Yes, we did. Which is a thrill. Yeah. So I always loved this scene, and let me tell you, I was watching these clips, because Brian had sent them to us two minutes at a time, and um, I was watching these clips with my my girlfriend who i don't know if she has ever seen the great muppet caper and certainly Mm. if she has she has not seen it as many times as i have and i was genuinely worried that this two minute section would end before gonzo threw himself and it would be a cliffhanger of just gonzo being like leave it to me or them just looking for a taxi and not the really really funny resolution to that scene so i want to thank the Muppet movie for, I mean, the great Muppet caper for pacing that. So it ends on an even (laughs) two minutes. Yes. Thank you. The great Muppet caper. Yeah. And however they did this, where they throw Gonzo, I mean, we, we, I can really see it because you know, the clip freezes at the end, but uh, that, that shot of Gonzo flying through the air just looks fantastic. Yeah. It it looks like he's actually flying. It looks like he's actually flung himself. Right. It looks like he really just like leapt off the sidewalk. Because like, like sometimes they throw Muppets around and it looks like they just threw Muppets around. Right. And this is not one of those times. Right. They they did a great job. Uh, And we also get this, this split second glimpse of uh, Kermit and Fozzie standing on the sidewalk in Mm -hmm. full body form. Full body again. Yeah. Which is another kind of rare thing. Um, And I'm pretty sure like when we see them normally, uh, just in a, a regular frame, Fozzie is not this much taller than Kermit, is he? Or is he? Um, I mean, he was in the Muppet movie when they danced together. Right, but I mean, in a normal, like when we're just seeing the two of them, like they, from from the shoulders up. They can't be. It's kind of like how when you see Rizzo in full body, yeah. he's much, much smaller, whereas he's like up to Gonzo and Kermit's shoulder. Right, exactly, where if you actually saw... Yeah, like if the camera could actually zoom out during that, Rizzo would be floating in the air. Yeah, and and I think it's the same kind of thing with Kermit and Fozzie. Yeah, okay, I, just, <laughs> I thought so. Just wanted to make sure that wasn't just me. No, because it wouldn't no, work. Agree. Right, Muppets kind of all even out height yeah. wise. Yeah, they have to. They they're allowed to cheat. Uh, so yeah, that's all I have for these two minutes. Uh, do you guys have any other thoughts, uh, Evan? I'll start with you. No, I, I, I think that's pretty much it. The Great Muppet Caper is a great movie. That's true. It's do you a good add, one. Yeah, we should actually go over the... Uh, do you remember the first time you saw it? And is it your favorite? Or where do you rank it? I don't remember the first time I saw it. Because, you know, the, the Muppet movies were, like, always a big part of my, my household. The Muppet movies and The Muppet Show. 
Uh, my dad was a big, big Muppet fan. So we had, you know, like he'd recorded like every episode of the Muppet show from television when they were on. And like, I used to watch those as a kid and we had, we had all the movies and, you know, he even had like, he recorded the Jim Henson hour. So like we had all of these just on VHS, just around. So I, I, it's always kind of been there. Yeah. Um, for a time, the great Muppet caper was my favorite Muppet movie. And for a time I considered it, to be my favorite movie period. Reasonable. Um, I remember that in middle school, I thought that it was no longer cool to say that the lion King was my favorite movie because it was a cartoon. <laughs> so it was for kids. So I would say that the great Muppet caper was my favorite movie <laughs> because that was much more cool, mature and grown up. Oh yeah. Puppets um, are way more sophisticated than cartoons. That's true. Um, nowadays, I kind of think that I like the Muppet movie better um, for for a lot of what it what it represents. But this is probably my second favorite still. That's a good answer. Sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that I think that's pretty common for those to be the top two. Certainly, right. in our experience of asking guests so far, uh, Christmas Carol might be sometimes two, depending on how close we get to Christmas. And- Right. And actually, I will plug an article you did for Tough Pigs. Speaking of Christmas Carol, uh, Evan a while ago did an article where he drew all of the Fraggle Rock background puppets who appear in Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was terrific. We'll we'll link to that when we post this. Do you it's still awesome. have my Brule the Minstrel, Anthony? And I won't I, I, be offended if the answer is no. <laughs> I am looking at it. It is framed and sitting in my my basement where I'm sitting right now. There we go. Awesome. Uh, and actually, Evan, also, it sounds like uh, it's about time for you to watch The Great Muppet Caper again with your girlfriend so she can see I, it. I'm going to have to. We yeah. we talked about it because she does not remember if she ever saw it. Oh, well, yeah. Then she has to watch it. She has to. So she says me. To. She yeah. has to. I'm the one who decides these things. Of course. <laughs> um, Anthony, did I ask you if you had any final thoughts? You didn't, but I don't. So it's fine. Okay. So with that, we will wrap things up. Uh, listeners, as always, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere else you can find us. Um, I mentioned this, I think, a couple weeks ago, but we are still in the middle of a series where we're reviewing every season of Sesame Street. So you should go read all of those. Uh, those are fabulous. Also, yeah. Have, are you, I haven't uh, written mine yet, so I, I don't feel like I'm bragging to say that you, those are fabulous. <laughs> you, will, you will definitely have written some by the time this comes out. Okay. Yes. We, we are recording this very far ahead of time. Okay. Yes. So listeners, if you only read uh, a few of those uh, Sesame Street reviews, read mine and Anthony's and Evan's. Yeah, mine are the best, apparently. I haven't written them yet, but mine are the best ones. I can't wait right. to read what you say about season 21 or whatever you're writing. Yeah. Is it actually season 21? I don't know. I, I just chose the ones that were going up in the summer because I have more free time in the summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't wait to read those. <laughs> and uh, listeners, also, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and you can find Anthony on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. Evan, remind the folks where they can find you on the internet. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Uncle Petunio. That's uh, all one word, and it's uncle, like the kind of person who might own a theater, uh, <laughs> followed by Petunio, which is like the flower, except with an O instead of an A at the end. Um, you can also hear me uh, every week on the Rollout podcast, 
Uh, it's an actual play podcast where we're playing through Masks, which is a superhero game um, about teen superheroes. It's an RPG. If you like, you know, Monster of the Week, you'd like Masks. And that is on Twitter at Rollout Podcast, all one word. That sounds really cool. So everyone should check that out. And if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called. And tell all your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.